What is up, everybody? How we doing? How we living? Third time is a charm for the podcast today, Therese. We've been here for 45 minutes talking. Figure we might as well get it started. We're here to preview week 11 player prop bets. We're going to bet the spreads. I took the lead last week on the spread. Player prop bets this week is going to be for the Sunday night game, which is now set for the Chiefs and Raiders. If you currently have an update on the Raiders, you see that they have had to put some players on the COVID IR list as more of like a watch. Now, if you've also paid attention to my Twitter mentions the last couple days, you know that me and Raiders fans um, are having a true unhappiness towards one another. That's not the right way to word that, but you understand what I'm trying to say. We are not fans of one another. Yes, the Chiefs and Raiders is a, ri- a rivalry on its own. I am now building my own personal rivalry with every fan of the Las Vegas Raiders, of Raiders Nation is what they call themselves. Chiefs Kingdom is so much better. A kingdom is better than a nation. There it is. So, if you pay attention to it, Trees, don't question it, because as I said it, I questioned it myself, and we're not going to go there. If you pay attention to who's on the list, one name in particular is Jonathan Abram, and that is the reason that me and Raiders Nation has had the disagreements on a type of hit that took place last week when the Raiders played the Denver Broncos. Well, he has found himself once again on this COVID list, and he was there prior on the year as well due to taking off the tracking uh, bracelet for COVID. Um, The technology that they have for that's incredible. But him and Trent Brown both decided to do that. They go to a strip club. I don't know if they tested positive for COVID and didn't get to play or if they were just in, if they were punished and had to miss a couple games. Bottom line, this is the second time he's been put on this list. Not making any assumptions. I'm not accusing him of anything, but it is concerning, and it is something to keep an eye on. Justin Treese, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Seven minutes in on attempt number three. Love it. Uh, so here's the biggest thing. Is your... You're going to say it's not hatred, but is your hatred towards Jonathan Abrams or Lamar Jackson greater at this point in time? So Not throughout <laughs> the season, because the season is obviously Lamar Jackson, um, but I'm saying at this point, let's say week 11, what's stronger? Here's the thing. I like Lamar Jackson. I like watching Could've him Could have proved all of us. Could have proved every single listener. Huh? You could have proved uh, us all wrong. <laughs> all right. So I I do like him. I don't hate him. My only argument to it has been he's not going to have the same type of performance that he's been having. I like watching Lamar Jackson play football. Do I think he's a good thrower of the football? No. Can he lead his team back in football games by throwing the ball? Once again, no. You look at Jonathan Abram. is turning into a dirty player. If he's on your team, you love it. But, like, the the things that he does and the mentality that he plays with is just, it's not something I'm a fan of when it turns into you just leading with your head and just having, I don't even know, like, unnecessary hits. Like, is the thing. Like, I've interviewed Jonathan Abram. I've talked to him. Yeah, he is what he is. He's a cool dude. Love to talk to. He's a guy who is, like I said, he is who he is it is what it is with Jonathan Abram but when it comes to like some of the hits and decision making on it it's like bro that's not necessary 
And if you're the Raiders, you love it because it's tone setting, it's physical football, you know, it's just kind of like old time football was what the Raiders used to be. Yeah, way back when when they were winning Super Bowls. Like, yeah, you love seeing that here now, but the game's changed. It's a different era. There's a player safety. There's a respect to one another as players on the field. When you spear a guy to ear hole him and knock him off his feet after you see he doesn't have the ball in a fake jet sweep, to me, that's just stupid. It's unnecessary. Like, that's just... If a Kansas City Chiefs player did it, I would be just as vocal about it. Like, if I see Tyron Matthew do, I'm going to be like, hey... Not necessary. Now, as a Chiefs fan, I'd be like, whoa, lit his fucking ass up. Dope. But I'm also going to go back and look at it and be like, okay, you dipped your head. You ear hold him. It was unnecessary. What was the point of you taking yourself out of the play when the ball's 15 yards behind you with a run up the middle? You've removed yourself from the play. I get that's your responsibility. Hey, corners have a lot of responsibilities. They still come off of it to go make an interception. Jonathan Abram goes out of his way to follow his assignment to just smack somebody where there's no one else over there. It's irritating. I also don't like saying I hate people because I don't want anyone hating me, so I'm not going to hate anybody else. But Jonathan Abram, I am really starting to dislike him more and more. In Raiders Nation, you have not helped with that at all. Bingo, bango. Uh, I mean, we've talked about this enough last episode. I'm not going to get into it again because we're going to just repeat what we said yesterday. I disagree with you, but hey, it is what it is. I will say, last comment, because I like to have the last say in everything. Um, I've started to realize that during this podcasting career of ours, um, that I'm not a Raiders fan, and I like Jonathan Abrams. All right, perfect. All right, let's get into our <laughs> next fight here. Uh, the Giants offensive line coach and their head coach r- reportings this morning or yesterday morning was that there was a fist fight. And then very quickly after that came the true reports of there was no fight. It was more of like a, hey, we want to try and do this here for the offensive line just to kind of help us out, see what we can do. Offensive line coach gets pissed, says some choice words. They end up picking the other guy instead of him. He's bottom line, he's fired. It's not a good look for the Giants, but at the same time, maybe this helps the offensive line because what they have been doing has not been very good. For sure. And like look at their first round pick, Andrew Thomas. Like, he has been very, very bad. You need to have a head coach that can make these type of moves to say, hey, we spent a high draft pick on this guy. We need to give him the best coaching as possible. If they believe this other guy is it, then you move forward with it, right? Like, that's just the nature of literally any business, not just football, any business. So, I have no problem with it. Honestly, I kind of like it. I kind of like that they're not afraid to make these moves through the season and not saying, ah, we'll make the move at the end of the year. Like, let's let's just do it now. I like it. Yep. Uh, Like that as well. Uh. I don't know what happened here, looking at the rundown, but Jaguars fan the goat. Film you, you did not hear this. I did not, no. Oh, okay. So, Jaguars fans are the greatest of all time. So, <clears throat> as you know, Yannick Ngakwe got traded from Jacksonville to Minnesota. Correct? From For a second rounder and a fifth rounder. Yep, okay. Want to know what in the wording of that trade it is if he makes the Pro Bowl, that fifth rounder moves up to a fourth rounder. 
Even though he then got traded to the Ravens, that trade with the Vikings and Jags obviously is still in place. So, what are Jags doing, Jags fans? Going on Reddit, and they have literally assembled this army of Jaguars fans. Every team in the NFC, whatever, North. So they got Packers, Lions, Bears fans. And then they said, what's another team that hates the Vikings? That's right. The Minneapolis, Minnesota miracle, that sucked for the Saints. Let's call the Saints in as well. And they have five fan bases doing whatever they can do to get Yannick Ngakwe into the Pro Bowl so then the Vikings lose their fifth or gain a fifth rounder but then lose a fourth rounder. So they get a worse draft pick for no reason whatsoever. But they have like this Reddit fan base and this Reddit group is ginormous. It is thousands and thousands of people strong at this point. And I see no way that Yannick does not make the Pro Bowl in the <laughs> NFC because or in the AFC because of that now. So um, I love it. You know, obviously the Jags now get a fourth rounder instead of a fifth rounder. So a second and fourth rounder for Yannick. Hey, I'll take it all day. <laughs> so, so with that, like, do his stats back up like him being a Pro Bowler though? Like, do you know that off the top of your head? Because I haven't paid attention to him since he, has, he left he, Jacksonville. He has a few sacks. I think he has like five or six sacks right now. Five sacks, I think. So like, it's average. You know, it's average. But it doesn't matter, right? Like, that's the thing about Pro Bowl voting. Like, stats mean nothing. It is literally all fan voting. So here's the other thing, though. Like, if they are able to make this happen and the stats aren't good, like, NFL is going to have to look at it. Like, Hall of Fame voters are going to have to look at this and go, hey, we can't put that much stock into this because later down the road we're going to look, why didn't this defensive end make the Pro Bowl? Well, because fan bases wanted to screw over the Minnesota Vikings draft, and he ended up being a Pro Bowler and got it over this guy. That can be an issue way down the road. Right now, though, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. So awesome. Like, I've never been more proud to be a Jaguars fan in my life. <laughs> like, it is so awesome. I like, wish I, I could list another moment that you could be proud of, but I don't know of any, so. Uh, let's see here. I would say, let's think of some top ones. So, when no, I was super young, but when they just kicked the shit out of uh dan marino and like i think it was his final game uh in the playoffs when the dolphins were like the number one seed projected to win the super bowl and the jags went and beat him by like 40 uh obviously 2007 when they beat the steelers in Hinesfield, david garrard rushing on fourth down to get the first down and then obviously 2017 the whole thing just saxonville in general those are probably the five proudest moments not very great ones, but one to what? They were a lot of fun. But also, I can say the same thing about the Chiefs if you didn't bring up last year. <laughs> right? So. Yeah, I can say a lot of disappointing ones. Like uh, losing to the Indianapolis Colts, forward progress sack, Marcus Mariota throwing an interception, or throwing a touchdown pass to himself um, off a deflection by Darrell Revis, who was supposed to be the huge difference maker on the team. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, what's another one? What's another one? Oh, losing to Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Uh, when their offense didn't score um, a single point. They scored field goals only, and they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. So, yeah, there were some disappointing moments. But last year, you know, just Mr. Patrick Mahomes, the breaker of curses, you know, finds a way, wills the Chiefs to victory against the Texans in the playoffs, does it against the Tennessee Titans in the AFC Championship game. 
and then does it again in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, not a lot of happy moments except for, you know, the end of 2019 and the start of 2020. Since then to now, you know, there's been a lot of shitty moments taking place in this year, but also a lot of good ones. And we're going to focus on the good ones next. Top wide receiver free agents for this next season. Sharice, I see you got a list, and I'm going to be naming some potential landing spots. So I'm going to name every team in the NFL. Let's go. You most likely are, knowing you. So what about Godwin for the Titans, for the Titans, for the Buccaneers? Chris Godwin, he is coming off of his rookie year. Sorry, rookie deal, not rookie year. Rookie mm-hmm. deal, and he's gonna and he's 24 years old. Where do you see? Do you see him re-signing with them? Do you think that Antonio Brown being back, does he sign again long term? And does does Tampa Bay Tampa Bay say, hey, let's go with, let's go with, sorry, what is it, uh, Mike Evans, or what do you think they do? So I, I really do think it's going to depend on the whole situation with Antonio Brown. Is he able to play the whole rest of this year? How does the year end up for him? Um, and ultimately, how much does he want to be paid? Can Tampa Bay afford it? Does Tampa Bay want to afford it? Is he the future there at wide receiver even after Tom Brady moves on? Because I'm sure he's only there for this season and probably two more, and he's going to ride off into the sunset, hopefully with at least another Super Bowl. That's his plan. Uh, as you were saying this, though, like teams that would possibly be able to afford him off the top of my head, um, the Miami Dolphins, the New York Jets, um, and there was one more, a northern team, uh, Chicago, because they might lose Allen Robinson. The problem, though, with Godwin is he's going to look at that and go, ah, yeah, Chicago still doesn't have a quarterback. I'm not sitting here waiting around. I just saw what Allen Robinson went through. I'm not about to be that guy. And I don't expect Godwin to take a pay cut to go somewhere good to win a championship. Um, he's on a good team, so he's going to know what it takes um, to do that. But at the same time, like these guys want paid. He deserves to be paid. He's played very, very well in his young career, and he deserves ultimately. I would love to see him in Tampa because a good wide receiver duo of him and Mike Evans would be awesome to see for future years. But, you know, we'll find out next year for sure. But I really like the possible fit with the New York Jets if they do land Trevor Lawrence or the Miami Dolphins, aside from Devontae Parker, or outside, opposite of him. Yeah, I like that. So, yeah, he, he's going to want to get paid, right? He was a third-round draft pick. He is not making much. I think he's making like $2 million this year. This is like the biggest year of his contract. Uh, so he has not made basically anything being a third-rounder. So, yeah, he for sure is going to probably be in that, I don't know, I'd want to say probably $70 million range. somewhere in that area um for me you brought up the bears like if they're going to pay 70 you might as well just pay 80 or 90 for uh alan robinson so speaking of alan robinson he is literally next on my list so where do we think the amazing alan robinson could go um so like with all these receivers i mean you might as well just put it a check mark right there to the new york jets because they need offensive weapons Denzel Mims is a rookie. You want to see him continue to develop this year. But honestly, like you still need someone else to step up there and come in. If you can make it be Allen Robinson, that would be great. Another landing spot, you talk about a wide receiver duo that I mentioned there with you know Godwin and Evans and Tampa. You could do the same thing with Devontae Adams and Allen Robinson and Green Bay. I think that would be great. It is in a division. You would be able to beat the shit out of the Bears. The only question mark is, can the Packers afford it? 
So actually, that's not the biggest question. So he had an offer from Green Bay, and he said, I would rather go to Chicago in that style of offense than play with Aaron Rodgers. I see no zero. joke. Yeah, I will see. I will say there's very little chance that he goes to Green Bay. I think the the two teams that he are most li- least likely for him to go to is obviously the Jags because he's already left there, and then Green Bay. That's my opinion. Wow, or maybe he's, or maybe he Bay. says I made a horrible, horrible mistake, and then goes there. So maybe that's a, an option as well. Yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> um, other teams though, like. You want to say the Texans, they're, they're literally just not going to be able to afford anybody. Like, they're yeah. toast for the next couple of years. Any other AFC South teams, um, the Indianapolis Colts, they could use a receiver like Paris Campbell, um, or excuse me, T.Y. Hilton's getting towards the end of his mark there um, in Indianapolis. He's kind of become a ghost. But Michael Pittman Jr. had a big game last week. Love seeing that. But outside of it, who do you have at receiver? Because right now it's just all running back by committee. Someone needs to update the receiving position there in Indianapolis because they're going to be doing the same thing with the quarterback very soon. So just looking. So I did have the Colts on my list for Allen Robinson. They're projected to be have the third most money heading into next year, like $77 million. Only teams above them are the Jets at $83 million and then the Jags at about $87 million. Actually, a team that I could see, which would kind of be a little funny um, that he would go to this team, but... What about the Ravens? I was just looking at them. I'm not even lying. Like, what about the Ravens? You know, like, especially because Lamar's not throwing it super deep, right? Like, Mm -hmm. if it's going to be short passes anyways, I think that's a great fit. And then another one, I was about to say say the Niners, but they're not going to do that with Ayuk and Debo. I mean, Washington, Washington's a possibility. They are. To go there. I think if you look at the AFC West, they're pretty set at wide receivers. You know, maybe the Raiders might take a swing at it. The Chiefs, they are going to be moving on from Sammy Watkins most likely. I just don't know if they're going to be able to afford to pay anybody. What about Cleveland when they let OBJ walk? That is the So that's the next player I was thinking of um, in regards to, like, possible landing spots. Like, I really just think it's going to be, like, do you know what would just be absolutely absurd? Because they are going to let him walk, right? Like, they're not trading him. Um, What's his contract? I don't know. OBJ? Sorry, OBJs? Uh, They would, I think they have an out in the contract to let him go, like, for cheap. This is, this isn't fanboy talking, but, like, we've seen what the Kansas City Chiefs have done when, like, there's a high market free agent out there. If they can find a way to afford him, they're gonna go after him. And the sorry, we're talking is, about OBJ at this point. We've yes, moved OBJ. on away from A A Rob to OBJ. Okay, got yes. It. And so it's like, I don't know how you make that work, but if there's a will, there's a way, and if there's a possibility, I would not be shocked at all to see OBJ on the Kansas City Chiefs next season. I, I would, would not be, be shocked. Stunned. I like I would be shocked for it to actually happen. But for them to find a way, if they really think he could help that offense, which he's going to help any offense that he goes to if there's a good quarterback, because that's what he's going to be looking for. He played at the end of Eli Manning's career, and he played with Baker Mayfield. That dude wants a quarterback. He's still a good receiver. There's been question marks if he loves the game of football or if he just wants to be a football player and deal with everything else. 
it's hard to love the game of football when you have a, a, a quarterback that can only throw you slants and you're getting decked across the middle every play. I wouldn't sure. blame him there. Landing spots, though, I, I don't have anything off the top of my head where I look at it and I'm like, bam, OBJ there. Yeah. Well, he was not on my list because he's technically not a free agent next year, yeah. so that's okay. I wasn't expecting you to have one there. Um, another option for A-Rob, why not the New England Patriots? Seriously. I mean, this would be he, a spot where I could see Godwin going. Totally, for sure. Um, but since you brought up OBJ, what about this? So what about if he went to the Chargers and they just teamed up Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and OBJ? Got a young quarterback that can throw it deep. Yeah. I don't know if you're bringing back Hunter Henry after you franchise, tag, franchise tagged him last year. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't actually thrown it to him as much as I thought he was going to. I, I think as much as both of us thought he was going to. Maybe yeah. they just say, one, know what? We're going to have those three plus. Then you have Eckler, Balazs is starting to do well. Like, just make it so this offense is it. I mean, defensively, you don't need a, you don't have a lot of holes. You just need to stay healthy. So, yeah. anyways. Because right. they're not going to be a running team, especially if you have Eckler and I mean, Balazs maybe a little bit, but they're like you don't have to worry about your offensive line as much because it's easier to move forward as an offensive lineman than it is backwards. Um, exactly. So that would be very, very interesting. It really would be. would be. All right. So what about uh, Galladay for the Lions? He is coming off of his rookie deal as as well, and he. I was actually shocked on this. He's twenty seven years old. He's the same age as. Allen Robinson, and Allen Robinson is coming off of his second contract. Yeah, what the hell? How old was he when he came out of school? 23. And Allen Robinson came out when he was 20. So, I mean, there's a huge difference there. For sure, for sure. But I was still was, I was, I was expecting to see like 25. And then when I started looking this up, I was like, holy shit, he's literally the same age as somebody that's been in the NFL for three to four years longer. Yeah. He feels a lot older, too, like, hearing that. Like, he feels a lot older. But to only be 27, I could really, really see him ending up, and I know I just keep saying the same similar teams, but, like, these are teams that need receivers. I could see him ending up with the Jets or the Patriots. Like, those two just automatically make sense. The question mark with the Patriots, though, is what's their quarterback situation next year? Are they drafting one? Are they picking one up in free agency? Like, it's definitely not going to be Cam Newton. It's probably not going to be Jared Stidham. Like, what are they doing? You know, so, like, do you want to pay a receiver? You need experience there because right now you have Nikhil Harry, Jacoby Myers, and Demir Bird. That's really it. Like, you don't have anything else outside of that for New England. Your offense flourishes when you have a number one receiver. Like, Julian Edelman has been a number one receiver. Rob Gronkowski had been a number one receiver for them. You just got to find the next quarterback. And if you can get someone in and give them a Kenny Galladay or, you know, a Godwin, it's a good thing to have coming into the organization. For sure. Uh, Kenny Galladay just screams signing with the Washington football team to me. I just feel like Him that's... Terry McLaurin, very much yep, so. Yep, they they went so hard after Amari Cooper. I just feel like Kenny Galladay can kind of be that type of player. They were looking for that big, explosive guy, and Kenny Galladay's it. So I, I can mean, see Washington there. Another thing to look on is, like, Amari Cooper might be on the move, too, after next season. Like, because of the out. Like, everything's guaranteed this year after next season. Nothing else is. So, like, Dallas could look at it and be like, man, we need money. We're paying Dak... 
We have Michael Gallup. You know, we have freaking CeeDee Lamb. Like, we're good at receiver. Like, yeah, Mark Cooper's nice, but if you ain't using him, why is he there? Why are you giving him that much money? Yeah. Um, so I think that there's no way they let him walk after this year. And also they are projected at the eighth most money, like still like 30, almost $35 million. So, um, even though they obviously, yes, they still have to pay Dak, right? Like that, that does not count Dak's contract because technically he's off the books at the end of this year. So, um, but I don't know. We'll see there. Um, moving on Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, coming off of his rookie deal, he's the youngest out of this group at 23 years old. <sighs> if you're the New York Jets, this is your number one guy that you go after. I would like to see him stay in Pittsburgh, but the way Chase Claypool was played, Deontay Johnson coming off last week, the way that this team is just able to draft a receiver and then be good immediately is just nuts. I would like to see him stay in Pittsburgh. But if I'm if I'm the Jets, this is the guy I go get. I just package Sam Donald over there. I take him in a second round or a first rounder if they're willing to do it. I pay him. I take Trevor Lawrence, and we just roll with it. I mean, you don't even need to trade, right? Like it's a, he's a free agent. So, um, but but yes. So I'm with you on the Steelers need to do whatever they can to keep him. I think this offense. Because his stats aren't showing it, a lot of people don't think this offense is going through him, and they think it's going through guys like Chase Claypool and even Deontay Johnson, which those guys are having great years. But I think defenses are focusing in on Juju Smith-Schuster. I completely agree with that, yeah. So I think they need to do whatever they can. I'm just looking at like just teams and like where they're projected to be. Man, there are some teams in some serious trouble. So the Saints are projected to be $95 million over. Uh, Eagles are $63 million over. Falcons, $24 million over. And then Steelers, $20 million over. So, like, you're like, how are you going to decide? Again, though, the Jags were also projected last year, were projected to be over by, like, $10 million last year. And now, literally one season, now they're are projected to have $90 million to spend. You can move money around. I'm not going to say salary cap is fake. It's real, like, whatever. Like, everybody has their own opinions of that. Like, it is easy to move around money. That is what I will say. So, um, I will say that my hope is that Juju stays there. Um, I was going to have Mike Williams on this list, and then I realized that the Chargers actually did pick up his fifth-year option. I missed that during the summertime. So, good for them there. And then the last two are kind of older guys, so I'd love to hear like some vets of like where they may go. Right, like these are guys that probably aren't going to be going after the big money. They're actually probably going to go after winning, and that is T. Y. Hilton and Marvin Jones. Ooh, so winning there, like so. Let's say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lose uh, Chris Godwin. That's Marvin Jones written all over it. Like, bam. That's it. Like, that's where he's going to go. He's going to look at that, and he's going to go, okay, I can go there make it happen. If Drew Brees comes back like you're predicting, Trees, that's another landing spot because Emmanuel Sanders, he's older in his career as well. The Saints will take weapons as they can get them. And who was the other guy that you just mentioned? T.Y. T. Hilton. Hilton. That just screams. I mean, they're, he's going to want to go win. 
trying to think of another AFC team that would just be like on the brink of needing a receiver to just set them over the edge to go win a Super Bowl. Like the Buffalo Bills, aside from Stephon Diggs, like do you really want to keep moving with John Brown and Cole Beasley? Like where are the Miami Dolphins? Like how is Tua looking at this point? I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers, if they do lose J.J. Smith-Schuster and they have a set quarterback. What about what about the Tennessee Titans? I hate you because you don't let me talk. Because I'm, just <laughs> That's, I'm literally reading their name right now looking at their salary cap number. Yeah, that was the other one. But with that being – with T.Y. Hilton and that being like a division team, like do you look at it and go, okay, with their style of play – Am I getting my touches? You know what I mean? Am I getting the same recognition and respect in Tennessee as I did in Indianapolis? And this also seems like a guy who truly loves the Colts and wouldn't want to have to play them twice a year. For sure. You know? But also, let's see. Teams are going to load the box because there's a guy named Derrick Henry. Uh, There's a stud-wide receiver on the opposite side that's going to get the safety over the top in A.J. Brown. You're telling me I get one-on-one with cornerback two (laughs) every single play? Uh, My stats are going to be fantastic. I think that's what would go through people's heads. You're a smart son of a gun. So, I would say the Titans for... I, and I I agree. I actually think that he he and I know nothing about Ty Hill and personally he just comes across as a very loyal dude that probably wouldn't want to you know do any wrong to the Colts. But you know he, maybe he gets to a point where he's like, well, you know what the Colts aren't going to pay me like, and he finds that disrespectful for what he's done for the the organization. So, anyways, there's more. There's there's a lot more great wide receivers. We'll get into a lot more of it during the off season. I just. We talked about A Rob last episode, and I started talking, just thinking in my head, like, man, there's, I think there's a, because we already know that there's a ton of good running backs, even though a lot of them resigned, but there's still a lot of good running backs that are free agents that it's going to be interesting to play out. Wanted to play the wide receiver game for a little bit. So, um, but that does it for that. So let's move into some previews now that we're, I don't know, 30 minutes or so into this episode. Um, Let's just start off with Thursday night game. Tonight's game for those of you who are listening. And man, this is going to be a good one. When these two teams played on Sunday night, it was a blast to watch. And that is the Arizona Cardinals against the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seahawks are three-point favorites. You got to point. just think, okay, it's even. Home team gets three points, even though there's no fans, which doesn't make a lot of sense. But they kept it. So over to you, Austin. Yes, um... I'm actually going to take the Cardinals again. I think they get the sweep. The Seattle Seahawks defense has looked poor. Um, I saw somewhere that or heard today that Jamal Adams is just going to be kind of a spy on Kyler Murray. Cool. Dude's still going to get the ball everywhere else. Like, if you take Jamal Adams, like, yes, he's best when blitzing like he truly is. We saw that last week against the Rams. The only time he makes plays is when he's blitzing. Dude's pretty much a linebacker. If the Jets end up nailing those first two round or the first draft, excuse me, the two first round draft picks that they got for him, this is going to look like a fantastic trade because he hasn't looked that stellar with the Seahawks and he has been battling some injuries this year. But the Cardinals, the way their offense is rolling, they played a close game against the Buffalo Bills. But I also think the Seattle Seahawks are exhausted, dude. They've been traveling a lot this season. Like they've been to Miami, they've been to the Buff, like they've been to Buffalo. 
They're traveling all the way across the country. They got to go there at least two more times this year um, as they play the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles. They just had to go to L.A. last week to play the Rams, and now they're coming. I believe they're they get the home game here, which is nice on a short week, but I still think like all that traveling the last two weeks, now you're on a short week, you're exhausted. You're not going to be up playing the way you're used to. You're not going to look that good. I think it was a close game last time. Arizona saw what they found success on. They're going to find ways to exploit that some more. Seattle's only favored by three. So even if the Seahawks do find a way to win, I do not think it's by more than three. I have a hard time believing that Seahawks are going to lose back-to-back games. Or is this three games in a row? This is three games in a row because they lost to Buffalo before that, right? So this would be three games in a row. have a very hard time seeing that, but I also think it's going to happen. Uh, and that is Seahawks, are they have their top two cornerbacks out, and Lockett is playing on a bum knee, just started practicing today, the day before the game. Short week. Like, if any sort of swelling happens, they're going to be out him. Sounds like Chris Carson's still out. They're getting Hyde back. I think it's going to be another fun game. I mean, the other one went into overtime and was awesome. But I also am going to take Arizona to cover this spread. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Eagles at Cleveland. So you got the Eagles versus the Browns, and the Browns are three-and-a-half-point favorites. We're going to just go every other this time. I know that I usually make you go first, so let's just do that. Um... It's pretty simple to me. I think that Cleveland is just pumped to have their running back back and Nick Chubb, and they're going to continue to run the ball. And I think that Miles Garrett is going to get after Carson Wentz and cause a couple turnovers. And uh, I do think this is actually a very good game. I think it's very close, but I think that, man, I really wish it was three, not three and a half. Um, But I will take the Browns to cover this spread. I will take the Eagles. They have all. They have nearly all their weapons back on offense. We saw um, Alshon Jeffrey kind of get in the mix a little bit. He didn't have a lot of targets. He really didn't. I don't think he had any receptions. He might have had one. But like outside of that, him and Miles Sanders, they got to get accustomed back to everything. This offensive line has got to get moving again. And the defense, I understand, it's been sluggish, but we also know that if this offense can be clicking and you know Jalen Rager can get the ball and Travis Fulgham can get the ball and Greg Ward can get the ball, Dallas Goddard gets the ball, Miles Sanders, Alshon Jeffrey, those have turned into weapons for the Philadelphia Eagles. If they're clicking, you're having to rely on Baker Mayfield to throw you back into this game. The Philadelphia Eagles' defense hasn't been good, but if they know you're passing, they can pin your ears back and go. The defensive coordinator for the Eagles is very aggressive. And it's burned them at times. But when you're playing a guy like Baker Mayfield, who doesn't have Obel Beckham Jr. down the field to, you know, have some crazy catch and save you along the sideline, yes, you have Javaris Landry. He's not doing anything after the catch. Austin Hooper, you're not taking advantage of him down the field. I just, I look at this. If the running game is going for Cleveland, then yes. But if the offense is clicking for the Eagles like I think it will against the secondary for the Browns, I'm taking them to cover and win. I will say I, I like Jalen Rager this game. I think this might be a coming out party for him, for sure. All right. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Pittsburgh is 10-point favorites. I'm taking the Jaguars to cover, but the Steelers to win. They've played everyone too close the last couple weeks. The Pittsburgh Steelers, their offense has been explosive. But there's just something about this feeling like a trap game. And, Trace, I know we talked about it yesterday. 
I think the Steelers are doing what they can to kind of motivate themselves and being like, eh, it's the Jaguars. Like, they're trying to find something to be, like, more serious about the game. They are NFL players. This shouldn't be something you have to concern with. But 10 points is a pretty big spread. If the Jaguars haven't been playing good the last couple of weeks like they have been, the spread's probably bigger than what it is. But there's a reason it's only 10, and that's why I'm taking the Jaguars. Yeah. I mean, it was four or 13 and a half against the Packers, so it just shows like how Vegas is thinking that the Jags are actually playing a lot better than what they have been. Um, I know yesterday I said that I was going to take the Jags because I thought the Jags were going to win this game. That was more of a joke, but I did say I was going to take them, and I really wanted to. But now that you took them, I kind of want to just take the Steelers just to be different here. Uh, I think that, I do think that this Jags offense, I mean, now I, the offense I think is going to be able to move the ball, but the problem is I think they're going to have silly turnovers. And I think that's what's going to kill them. They, like when you look at yardage wise, I would not be surprised if the Jags offense had more yardage than the Steelers when it, when it's all said and done. Uh, but turnovers are what's going to kill them. I'm going to go with the Steelers. Don't feel good about it. I'll be watching the game on Sunday, cheering on the Jags to keep it close, just to keep things interesting. But um, mm-hmm. if it's if hey if it's not, I at least know I won this bet. So uh, I'll take the Steelers there. Falcons at Saints. Saints are five-point favorites. Five-point favorites without Drew Brees and the Falcons coming off of a bye. I don't understand how that's possible. I'm going to take the Falcons. It sounds like, for the record, I still think the the Saints win this game. I just don't think that the Saints win by five. Um, A big thing is, does Ridley play? So he didn't play... Uh, a little bit ago, then they had their bye, and now he's back. It sounds like he is practicing off of the sprained foot, but I mean, I think that's a big thing. And they're going to have Lattimore shadow uh, Julio, so they really are going to need that extra wide receiver in Ridley to show up. Um, offensively, for the Saints, it's going to run through Kamara like always, but I do like, like Deion Jones being able to play one-on-one with him. Obviously, Kamara's going to get his yards and everything because Kamara's a freak, but I do like that athletic tight or athletic linebacker to be able to at least slow him down. Um, also could see Michael Thomas having a big game here, but I'm going to take the Falcons just to keep it close. That's all, that's all this is. I'm taking the Saints. Jameis Winston's going to have a monster game, and it's not going to be with deep shots down the field. It's going to be staying in the pocket. It's going to be getting the ball out of his hand quickly. It's going to be making the right decisions. I almost want to bet money he doesn't even throw an interception this game. Let's do it. How much? I don't know. Well, uh, we were going to buy – I was going to buy you a gift tomorrow. Let's just bet that. Say that again? Yeah, tomorrow I was going to buy you a gift that we were talking about before the podcast. Loser you has buy to buy that for me. Sure, it was, and now you're going to buy it for me because you're going to lose this bet. So, okay, moving on. <laughs> Bengals at Washington. Turnover Washington. as an interception. Correct. Okay. Yeah, correct. Um, Bengals at Washington. So Bengals coming on, not coming off a bye. That was two weeks ago. They mm-hmm. played Pittsburgh last week and got their asses kicked. <laughs> uh, Washington coming off of a heartbreaking loss against the Lions and won an 
A game and a half favorites? Oh, sorry, you're first this one. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm like I'm like sitting here, I like going through it. I'm like, wait, this is what my is turn. going on? Um so within this game, man. This is tough because it's like which defense is going to step up more and it's probably going to be Washington's defensive line. Um, so I'm going to take Washington here. They have Alex Smith starting once again. And I think that's the difference here. Dude has just been playing out of his mind. You brought that up yesterday when we talked about quarterbacks. Like setting the record for you know the most passing attempts, completions, and yardage. He's leading the NFL in passing yards since he's come back. Like – it's been nice, dude. You love to see it. I like to see it. This Bengals offense, it's good. It's got weapons. I just think the defensive line for Washington makes a play, and then the offense doesn't turn the ball over. I like the way Antonio Gibson's playing. Terry McLaurin has been showing a reason why he was named the new captain uh, for this team. I'm kind of a closet Washington football fan team, or Washington football team fan. Tongue twister. Tongue tie. Yeah, is. You son of a gun. I also am taking Washington. Uh, this actually very much feels like week one Washington at Eagles where you're just like, man, Eagles offense, or in this case, Bengals offense just has way too many weapons. Like, there's no way. But then you're like, wait, their offensive line is garbage, and this defensive line for Washington is so good, they're going to just get probably eight sacks in this game. And I kind of see that happening again. And I actually like the way off Washington's offense is running. I like the way that they're using both running backs at this point. Um, you uh, you know, you brought up McLaurin, who I just saw a stat that he's broken 17 tackles this year as a wide receiver, which is the most out of any wide wow. receiver, which is impressive. Um, so, yeah, I also am going to take Washington to cover that point and a half spread. Uh, moving on, Lions at Panthers and Carolina is a game and a half favorite or a game and a half point favorite. Um, I'm going to take, this is tough. I really want to take the lions, but Stafford just came out thumb injury, uh, same injury that Minshew has that has, is basically going to put him out for four weeks. Minshew has basically a sprained or broken thumb in two spots. Stafford, it sounds like it's one spot. Uh, you know, Stafford's tough as nails. He's going to play through it. No Christian McCaffrey. But, I mean, you got a banged-up Teddy Bridgewater. Oh. The problem is I, I don't trust the Lions' defense. That's what this comes to. I'm taking the Panthers. I don't trust the Lions' defense. And I'm actually going to take the Lions. I just think Matthew Stafford makes enough plays. Kenny Galladay's back this week, right? I don't think so. Son of a bitch. Well, that's concerning. Um... I'm still going to take the Lions, though. I think they do enough. DeAndre Swift um, has been up and coming the last couple weeks, and the way he's been playing, he has become a bigger part of the offense um, and is doing well. Do you have an update on? He did practice today. Uh, in a limited, he, he was limited, but he did practice today. He hadn't been practicing before that, so that's a good sign. Okay. Um, if Kenny Galladay's playing, you might as seriously lock it up to pick the Lions here because when he's in this offense is a totally different beast. Um, the defense, like I want to say they're getting better, but they're like, they're not the fact that they were only able to hold Washington to the three points in the first half last week was pretty nice. And then after that, things just kind of fell apart. Um, and as Riley has talked to us this week about it, like there was a change in scheme and what they did from the first half to the second half. I would just say run more of the first half scheme. Seemed to work out pretty fucking well for you. 
keep doing that, and you might win some more games. They are in a good spot. They're not where they would love to be, but 4-5 and five right now on the year, it's an okay place to be in your division. You just don't let the Vikings get ahead of you, and you might find a way to sneak into the playoffs. That's a big might, but you might be able to. And who knows if you, you find a way to fuck it up and win a game two in the playoffs. That would be crazy to think about. But it might help out, and it's something to be excited for. I just think with Teddy Bridgewater being banked up, the defensive line to the Lions, I think they might be able to get to Teddy here because his offensive line has been struggling for the Panthers as of late. No Christian McCaffrey is huge as well. But – the speed on offense is real, too. So it's just really which quarterback makes the most plays and who doesn't make mistakes. That's the question. Next game, the Tennessee Titans. Go ahead. Sorry. Lions control their own destiny to go into the playoffs. Yep. They are currently the nine seed or tied for the ninth or tied for the eight seed. Sorry. So one game out, a game behind the Bears. So the team that they're tied with, the Vikings, the team, the team they're one game behind of, the Bears. Two division teams. Like, they control their own destiny to make the playoffs. Yep. So, very interesting there. And their next Sorry. their next game is Carolina. Then they play Houston at Chicago, Green Bay at Tennessee, Tampa Bay, Minnesota. So, last three games, last four games are tough. You can make some shit happen with these next three, though. Exactly. Especially without the Bears having a quarterback anymore. Um that's crazy to think about that they might find a way to do that. I love the saying, though, that they're in control of their own destiny because they most definitely are. Uh, next, though, the Titans at the Ravens. The Ravens are favored by six and a half. I'm stunned to see that be the spread. I'm taking the Titans. Talk about a team that can throw the ball on this defense. The defense hasn't looked that good for the Ravens. Ryan Tannehill, when he's on, he's on. A.J. Brown, they might lock him down. Ryan Tannehill is still going to find a way to get him the ball down the field because this running game with Derrick Henry is going to be working. Tennessee Titans offensive line, or excuse me, the Baltimore Ravens offensive line is beat up. That defensive line for the Tennessee Titans, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. And then, like I said, the offensive line for the Tennessee Titans is beat up as well. But Derrick Henry being able to ground and pound on that defensive line for the Ravens is still missing Calais Campbell um, and Williams. That's a huge loss there, and that's how the Indianapolis Colts found success and really just beat them um, in the second half last week. Oh, my gosh. Yes, a couple weeks ago. And then last week with the Ravens, um, who they played, that's what the Patriots were able to do. They were able to just roll the ball up the middle on them. The Colts were able to do the same thing against that defensive line for the Ravens. Like They were able to just pound and ground. They were there till the end. I know I just skipped and kind of got teams mixed up there with the Titans because the Ravens and Titans have both just played the Colts recently. Excuse me. But the Colts found out what they messed up on against the Ravens, and they exploited it against the Titans. The Ravens just played a close game in a monsoon against New England. These like the, Those four teams just played each other right here, the three, you should say, in a way, and they're all similar close games, and I'm expecting the same thing here. I'm getting tongue twisted and I'm going in a bunch of different directions. And I see you typed in the Titans as well. And what the fuck, Trees? Dude, during the preseason, I said the Titans were going to. I said the Ravens were only going to lose three games. So I was obviously wrong there. But I said the Titans were one of those games. And I'm sticking to it. So. Yeah, you did. 
Yeah, I also think the Titans are going to win this game. And yeah, I think the biggest, for me, you brought up the biggest thing. Brandon Williams, Clays Campbell, out. You, that's Those are your two run stuffers, and those two are out. And now you have to face Derrick Henry. Uh, I do think that they find a way to slow down um, some of those wide receivers, like Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. But I think that like Jonu Smith is going to have a big game. I think that he's going to like use his veteran status of like being shifty and you know to beat Patrick Queen. Even though Patrick Queen is a much better athlete, I think that he's going to show, hey, this isn't college anymore. This is how tight ends uh, run routes here in the NFL. So I think I think that the offense is going to have a fine time there. I, I don't I don't see a lot of struggle there for the Ravens. <clears throat> I do see them kind of getting back on track. But I, I'm with you. Six and a half points is huge and makes zero sense to me. Like, it makes no sense. Plus, the Titans basically getting a half of a bye. I mean, they haven't played in 10 days. They get a couple extra days rest, an extra day or two of film. There you go. So, yeah, Titans for me on this one as well. Moving on, Patriots at Texans. And the Patriots are two-point favorites. Remember just a few years ago when, like, this was the game of the AFC? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this was it. And now, it's not. And I'm going to go ahead and say, I can't believe that the New England Patriots are only two-point favorites. I'm going to take the Patriots to run it down the Texans' throat all day. I think that this is where uh, Harris goes for, like, 150. I And I could see Cam Newton having a good game, and I just see that I just see the Texans literally trying to do whatever they possibly can to stop their running game. Patriots will show what they're doing. Kind of like how the Patriots did against Seattle early in the year, where it was like, you knew they were going to run it, and they still just kept running it and running it until the last play of the game when the Steelers or Seahawks finally stopped it. But I think that in this scenario, it's just not going to be a close game. <laughs> so I'm going to take the Patriots with a huge win here. Wow. And I'm going to take the Texans because – I think they're going to get an early lead. Like They're going to find a way to stop the Patriots for at least one drive, and they're going to go score off of it. And it's going to be, they're going to be up 14 to nothing, and the Patriots are going to be like, fuck, we have to pass. Can't put every, every bit of your body into this throw. Oh, intercepted. Like I can just see this happening for the Patriots, and things just kind of fall apart, especially after a tough game against the Ravens last week. Here you're traveling from Indian or you're traveling from home all the way to Houston. It's not that far of a flight. You are playing indoors. That helps as well. I just think the Texans are tired of losing. Of course you would be. Every team's tired of losing. They hate sucking. That is just it is what it is. It's the NFL. But I look at the Texans and I just think this is one of those games where they see that they're the underdog once again and they're tired of being in that situation and they come out and find a way to win. Wow, that's shocking to me. I thought you were gonna take the Patriots with me. All right, moving on. Dolphins at Broncos, and the Dolphins are three-point favorites. Uh, I know it's your turn to go first, but I'm going to just start. Uh, <laughs> Dolphins are going to kick the shit out of the Broncos. I think this is the biggest blowout of the entire week. Wow. I actually think this is going to be a close game. I think you're insane. Why? What makes you think that this is going to be a close game? Like, genuinely, like, what... What has the Broncos showed you that makes you think this is close? So it's not. It's more necessarily of how does Drew Locke respond to last week's performance? Like this is really the game where it's uh, 
Can you bounce back for that? Can you forget that type of performance? Can you forget four interceptions and come out and throw four touchdowns and not have any turnovers? If you can find a way to do that against this defense, you got something here in Denver. Tua also has not been like the main reason why the Dolphins have, the Dolphins have won. And so within that, that's my question mark. It's, can the Miami Dolphins defense keep it up for another week? Because the Broncos... They're developing some weapons there. Like with Hamilton, KJ Hamler, um, Noah Fant, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon. There's just there's guys everywhere for them for Drew Locke to distribute the ball. They just gotta get everything rolling and clicking, and the play calling has been a huge issue with that too. So it really comes down to do the Dolphins special teams, do they block a punt? Do they return a punt? Do they return a kickoff? Do they make a difference? Do they block a field goal? to put two in the Miami Dolphins offense in a position to go because the Dolphins don't have a running back and they don't have a receiver outside of Devontae Parker. Like, they just don't. Like, Jeremiah Grant's nice to have. He's a speedster. But he's not a huge part of that offense. He had no, he never has been. So you would love to see him continue to do that. But I still, like, I like the Dolphins. I respect them. They're surprising me. They're 6-3. and three. They're on the tail of the Buffalo Bills on winning the AFC East. We've been promoting them all year, Trees. It's just within this game, I want to see Tua fully take over and be the reason the Dolphins win a game. If he does that, I won't doubt him for the rest of the season. Yeah. So, well, maybe a little bit because it would be the Broncos' defense. But still, like, I just think this is more of the redemption game for Drew Locke after last week. Yeah, that's right. We talked about Tua quite a bit last episode, but here's the thing is I think that this is another game where he doesn't have to be anything special. Like he doesn't have to do anything great. Like this defense is going to lock down every one of these receivers. Howard probably going to have another interception. Like he has like, I swear like six games in a row. It feels like (laughs) Uh, Van Noy, he'll be able to try to slow down some of those crossing routes when they have those uh, shifty wide receivers or even Noah Fant going down there. I mean, they have Byron Jones there as well. Like, they just have, like, all these weapons that I'm like, yeah, this offense of the Broncos isn't going to do anything. Like, I just don't see it. So, we completely disagree here. But I'm sorry. Did you did you say you were officially taking the Broncos Did you or did you take the Dolphins? I'm taking the Broncos. I have to after okay. all that. You do have to after all that. Like, you love yourself some Drew Locke. Um, Jets, I made a heel turn. It is what it is. It is. Uh, Jets versus Chargers. Chargers, eight and a half point favorites. Jets, kind of like the Jags. Like, you're just always going to get at least eight points. <laughs> like, <laughs> always. Um, I'm just going to – I'm taking the Jets to cover. This defense for the Chargers just hasn't been good. And the Jets have played some close games the last couple weeks. They want to fuck it up. They want to win a game. They, they're they done. They're done with the Jets. They're done with Adam Gase. I wouldn't be surprised if they win this game. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers. I think that... I mean, call new- me crazy. Call me crazy. I just have the gut feeling about this game. That's fine. I, I, I'm not going to call you crazy because, again, they played before their bye. They played the Patriots to the end, overtime game, right? So, or right before overtime? I can't remember. Did that yeah. game go into overtime? No. Or did they win it the last They realized, the like, second. ooh, uh, we yeah. got to stop. You're right. So I'm not going to call you crazy. I am going to take the Chargers and the new look, Justin Herbert, who just looks fantastic. 
everybody wants to make fun of him for him. Dude, you be you, dude. You're you're like a twenty year old. Like you do you. Do a buzz cut. It doesn't matter. No, I loved the flow. He should have kept the flow. Me too. I, I really. You're in well, L, but. dude. You're living in L. A. And you're bringing. You're that's your haircut. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here, dude. You're a starting quarterback. You're the future of the Los Angeles Chargers, and that's your haircut. You haven't cut I your mean, hair since you were a sophomore in college. That dude could be slaying <clears throat> LA. He might be. I don't know him. I don't know his personality. That might not be who he is. But that dude could have ev- like he could be bigger than Jared Goff in LA. And he should be. I like totally. him better than Jared Goff. Real quick back to the Jets. I said they've played good the last couple weeks. They got demolished by the Chiefs. I meant yes. Thank you. Their yeah. last game. Last they played great last week. They didn't have yep. to do anything. They couldn't fuck it up. Yeah, I mean, and the week before that, they didn't play bad. Uh, before the Chiefs game, they didn't play the the Bills very bad. I mean, the Bills didn't even score a touchdown. Right, it was all field goals. Yep. So two out of three weeks. Um, the week before that, they got shut out. So, anyways, I get what you're saying. Um, all right, next game, the game I think should be moved to Sunday Night Football with the news of all the COVID lists from the Chiefs and Raiders. Like, you can't risk not playing a Sunday Night game. <sighs> And that is the Packers versus the Colts. I'm super excited about this game. Probably the most excited about this game than any of them. Um, I'm probably more excited for Thursday night. Cardinals, Seahawks, I think I'm more excited. But after that, Packers, Colts. I think it's going to be an awesome game. Colts are two-point favorites. They know how to stop the run. They're fantastic at it. So, hey, you take Aaron Jones out of the game. Now it's, again... Now it's on Aaron Rodgers, which, hey, Packers are like, that's fine. It could be on Aaron Rodgers. Biggest thing is, is Devontae Adams going to play with the with the ankle injury that he hurt last week? He, he came with some cryptid message this week or yesterday um, that was like uh, Devontae Adams. Okay. He was like, yeah, I want to play. I think I'm going to play. I don't know, though. Maybe I won't play. Like something weird like that. Like, it was just like everybody's like, huh, what? Um, and when it's all said and done, I think the Packers realize that they're barely holding on to that one seed, and they realize how important that one seed is this year, and so they're going to make it so some players, in a normal situation when you have two buys or two teams get by, maybe you let them sit. At this point, you're not going to. I'm going to take the Packers to win this, and I'm going to say that they win it by a field goal. So, hmm. Taking the Colts. That running back by committee has been a real deal. That defense has been getting to the quarterback at ease. You mentioned they stopped the run. You stopped that for the Packers. You pretty much stopped everything else this offense is able to do because they do run off the – or they have been functioning off the run lately. Like Aaron Jones being a big part of that offense helps them quite a bit. So if you remove that, things get a little iffy. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, but the way this Colts defense has been playing, the speed that they have on defense – the way they're able to control the ball on offense, favored by two. They're at home. I like it. I like cool. it a lot. All right. Man, we have a ton of differences this week. We really like, do, and I hope this I'm is right probably the all of them. You may be. <laughs> um, Cowboys at Vikings, and Vikings are seven-point favorites. Uh, sounds like Andy Dalton is going to be back with the Cowboys coming off of the bye and let me tell you, uh, I don't think it matters. <laughs> I think that we have Dalvin Cook going off again, and I am going to take the Vikings. I don't think that they're able to slow down Justin Jefferson. I don't think that they're able to slow down Adam Thielen. I don't think they're able to slow down Dalvin Cook. I think this is a week that 
Viking fans go, that's why we pay Kirk Cousins all that money. Because he just absolutely demolishes this bad, bad Cowboys defense. I love it. I fucking love it. Because I don't think it matters. You've totally picked that up for me the last couple of years. I love it. I am taking the Vikings as well. The Cowboys don't stand a chance. Doesn't matter who their quarterback is. This next game, the Chiefs versus the Raiders in Las Vegas. I'm taking the Chiefs. You're favored by seven on the road. The NFL will not flex this game because they want a primetime game in Las Vegas. They want it to happen. They want to show off that stadium. So does Jerry Jones because he's the one who fucking paid for it. He knows it needs its freaking primetime coverage. Let him have it. This rivalry has taken off this year, especially with the Raiders winning early in the week. I said on radio today that Raiders fans have acting or have been acting like they're just superior all of a sudden. And I looked at it as, you know, it's like the Kansas City Chiefs being the big brother where when you play a game of basketball with your younger brother, you have to let him win every now and then because if you don't, he's not going to want to play anymore. You know, it's not as fun. It's not as enjoyable. You let the Raiders get a win here. They pick it up, all right? Like, ah, oh, man, they exploited our offense. Come out the next week, pff, boom, down. Chiefs haven't lost a game since. It's the only game they lost in about a freaking year. Raiders haven't won a game in like four years. Since 2017, I believe, was the last time they won three, whatever. However you want to do the math, it gets confusing with the NFL seasons and the years that they calculated on. I'm taking the Chiefs. They're favored by seven. The victory lap around Arrowhead. You're just giving the Chiefs motivation and reasons to beat you. I think everything's clicking on offense. I think the defense is pissed off. They're they're rolling the Raiders. Uh, coming off of a bye, that's what I'm going to do. I, I love how you're like, oh, yeah, they want to show off the stadium. It has nothing to do with the stadium. They want to show off Patrick Mahomes. Like ESPN, I mean, everybody loves Patrick Mahomes. Don't get me wrong. He's fantastic. But ESPN specifically loves Patrick Mahomes. It's Sunday night, though. Um, it's NBC. Oh, I guess that's true. I was thinking it was Monday night. You're right. That's all right. So does Chris Collinsworth. He also he, he also talks about he also talks about Patrick Mahomes all the time as well. Like I feel like every single game there's at least one thing where it's like, oh yeah, Patrick Mahomes made that that play. Uh, kind of like uh, what is that Happy Gilmore? Where he's like, Happy Gilmore made that shot no longer than three hours ago. And he's like, good for Happy Gil. Oh my god. Um, totally. Um, but I also, I mean, dude, doesn't. Doesn't Andy Reid have just some, like, crazy record coming off of a bye, like one loss all time or something like that? Yeah, and I think that one loss was actually against the Raiders in, like, 2017. Awesome. Perfect. Really proving my point here. adds to it, you know? (laughs) Yep. So, I'm also taking the Chiefs. I think that they – I think – I actually usually go with the, like, oh, players don't care about that type of stuff, but – Actually, Patrick Mahomes has kind of proven to me that players do care about that type of stuff. Like, everybody talked about, like, him being fourth on the yeah. top 100. And I'm like, he doesn't give a fuck. And then as he's dominating, he does the one, two, one, three, three four. four. I'm like, oh, okay, he does care. Okay. And so, yes, they very much care about this. And, yes, I also agree that the Chiefs I hope this game. the Chiefs are blowing them out of the water and they score a touchdown and they do, like, a bus celebration. Like, I hope they find a way to do that. <laughs> You're ridiculous. <laughs> um, okay, Monday night, Rams versus Bucks. Man, Bucks are four point favorites. If the Rams were healthy, I would say this is a no brainer. I'm gonna take the Rams with the injuries. It makes me question it, 
but it doesn't make me question it enough. I'm going to take the Rams to cover. Um, for the record, I kind of still think that the Bucks win the game, but if they do win, it's last second field goal, which is not four points. So I'm going to take, <laughs> still going to take the Rams. What if they're already up by one and they kick it anyways? Um, hate to see it. That that would I would hate to see it. Yep. Um, I'm actually gonna take the Bucks. Uh, <laughs> I said last week, you know, the Carolina Panthers just really didn't stand a chance because they played and gave everything they had against Kansas City that week prior, and then they had to play the pissed off Tampa Bay Buccaneers team because they just got absolutely walloped by the New Orleans Saints. And then so for them to come in and play Carolina, destroy them on the run or with the run, with the pass, you looked at the Rams. Their offense was practically able to do whatever they wanted last week against Seattle. And their defense was able to slow down the running and passing game of the Seattle Seahawks. But within that, though, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have more weapons on offense than the Seattle Seahawks did last week. Like They have a running game. They have it with Ronald Jones. They have it with Leonard Fournette, or they can at least. They have a tight end. They have multiple receivers. Seattle, was, they're beat up with the running backs. They didn't have it. So the Rams were able to just exploit the fact of, hey, we know you're not going to run the ball. We're coming after us, and we're going to force him to make some mistakes. He's going to run for his life. It's pretty much what he was doing. They're not doing that this week. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line does worry me, but I think Tom Brady, I mean, we've seen him do it time and time before. He knows when to get the ball out of his hand. He can do it quickly. That's the difference this game. Tampa Bay being favored by four, I wouldn't be I would, excuse me, would not be surprised if they win by two scores. Wow, that's crazy. Um, and honestly, because the Bucks had such a poor showing on Sunday night two weeks ago, it also makes me like, well, you know what, Tom Brady's not going to do that again. <laughs> yeah. um, so I kind of think that I may regret that pick, but you wonder what I I just like the way the Rams have been playing all year. I, I think they're playing fantastic. Nobody wants to say it because I think a lot of people still just like dislike him, but Jalen Ramsey is playing unreal right now. Phenomenal. Like he, and he's been quiet, which is almost even better to like yeah. add to it. He's just been a yeah. silent killer. Yeah, so he's been awesome. All right, um, let's move over to our player prop bets before we end the night. So we'll make this short and sweet. Derek Carr, 232 passing yards, over, under. Over. I also am taking the over. Uh, Josh Jacobs, over. 70. Sorry, that's I'm going to let you total, read those. That's fine. That's as total yards I meant rushing yards. So over 70 rushing yards? Yeah, yep. Um, I'm going to take the under on that one. Uh, Darren Waller, 61 receiving yards. Take the over. I also will take the over. Uh, moving over to the Chiefs, Patty Mahomes, 314 passing Taking yards. the over. That dude's going for over 350. You might as well mark 400 on it. Still taking the over. He's okay. pissed. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 44 rushing yards. I'm going to take the over just because I think the Chiefs get up enough, and at the end of the game, they're just going to run the clock out, and they're just going to let him go have some fun. I actually think that he busts a big one early in the game, and he gets majority of this yards in the first quarter. Uh, tr- Travis Kelsey, 81. So, without saying I took the over. Uh, Travis Kelsey, 81 receiving yards. Over. They don't have anyone that can and, cover him. Exactly. He went for like 110 last time yep. they played. So I also am taking the over. So you went over on literally all of them. 
The only one I went under on was Josh Jacobs' 70 rushing yards. So what does that mean? No matter what, I will still have the lead going into next week because I already have a five-point lead on you, and there's only one difference. So um, next week I'll get to gloat about how I still have a lead on you. The question is, is it four or is it six? So we'll see there. Um, <laughs> kind of hard to get a separation when you pick the same... I mean, clearly, clearly we have wavelength. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. But I'll find a week. I'll I'll catch you. Will. How about next week? I do everything first on those ones. It doesn't matter. The spread. The spread. Let me tell you. One of us is going to have a ginormous lead. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine differences. Look at us. Yeah. Who <laughs> would have thought? <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like it. Actually, usually when we have a ton of differences, we usually split them. Like, that's usually what happens. Hence why there's only one difference between us right now. So, anyways, super excited about that. Super excited about the weekend. Finally, a good Thursday night game, which is awesome for about all of time. us. We all, we all need it. Um, but how about this? We log off. Everybody else, enjoy your night or enjoy your day. We're going to go watch some of the NBA draft, question mark, um, and see how that goes. So um, we appreciate all of you. And tonight we've been talking football.